today's show, as always, sponsored by LivasaIslandApparel.com. For gear that represents the South Pacific Island languages and cultures accurately and responsibly. Put on for the culture. Catch the wave at LivasaIslandApparel.com. Welcome, everyone, to the Balinesian Podcast. I am Lance Falatongo. What's up, everybody? I'm Forrest Olova. And uh, we're back yet again, post-Super Bowl. No more no more Ooh. football for quite a few months. It's going to be a long, long few months, man. man. Is it six months? Is it six? Yeah, it's six months until they start Ooh. hitting the field. That's, there's like a draft. Months. The draft is what? Like mm-hmm. in June? June? Yeah, and then camps in, in August, and then, yeah, it's going to We're going to have to go through free agency. Any uh, free agents uh, that you hear about this NFL offseason? Yeah, well, I mean, since I'm a Raiders fan, I know the Raiders are tied to um, – and this is all just because of the relationship that um, Derek Carr has with Devontae Adams. But So Devontae Adams Ooh, is always going to okay. be tied to – uh, Derek Carr in that way. So, I mean, a lot of people are thinking that if he does go free agent route instead of re-signing with Green Bay, they think the Raiders have a pretty good chance of uh, signing Devontae Adams. But also, the Raiders... Because they have, went to college together? Yeah, they, well, they were best friends in college. I think I think they were also roommates while they were at uh, Fresno nice, State together. Nice. So, I mean, that's pretty big for the Raiders. I mean... Is it is I mean, one friends. big wide receiver away from that team getting deeper into the playoffs? Um, as 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 a as a fan, I'm going to say yes. <laughs> as a realist, as a sports as a sports fan, no. Um, they still have a lot to. I mean, none of their D linemen are signed for past this season. None of the D tackles, so they're going to have to do. Um. They're gonna have to do their due diligence and see who they're gonna keep. Uh, who the five line was really good for them this year. Yeah. Um, who's the other new guy they got? Jesus, five line was so good this year. Uh, Solomon Thomas was solid. You know, those two guys they can have. Um, Hankins is always good, but um, he's getting a little older. So, yeah, D line and obviously the DBs also because. Uh, Hayward's also was just a one-year contract for Hayward, and it's, Trayvon Mullen didn't play most of the season because he was hurt. So, still some, still a way to go for the Raiders to rebuild. But adding a a top-end oh, wide receiver like Devontae any, Adams, any team that could add Devontae Adams to their uh, squad would just yeah is improving. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I mean, Jamar Chase is he was great this year. Um, well, this was really good at wide receiver this year. This, Cooper Cup, you know, yeah. but I think still Devontae Adams is uh, number one in the league, I think, still. A couple uh, post-Super Bowl NFL things before we move on to why the Lakers are, are garbage right now. Um, Matthew Stafford won a Super Bowl. He's top 12 in passing yards and passing touchdowns of all time. <laughs> and, and and Richard Sherman doesn't believe he's a, a, a Hall of Famer? Neither do I. What do you think? I don't either. I don't either. Um uh, because, I mean, it's tough, though, because look at the guys that he had to compete against every year. Like, there's no way he's beating out Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rogers, Tom yeah. Brady, Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson. You yeah. know what I mean? He's, he's always going to be behind those guys. There's no way. At the same time, 
you know, I don't know. I, there's not really that much. Yeah, he won a Super Bowl, but I mean, That's how, his, how great his, was his year? You know? Yeah, I think he had like a really good uh, passing statistical year, but like, you know, <clears throat> it's uh, an extra game and a passing league. So the numbers, right. the numbers are going to look really good. And someone had said the, the, uh, prerequisite to enter the hall of fame is you have to be one of the best to ever do it and like i disagree on the name then because it's just the hall of fame right right so is the hall of fame just like a popularity contest right or is it supposed to be like yeah it's the it says the hall of fame but it's more than just like fame and fandom and stardom it's like who actually Okay. Who played ball out there? So Stafford gets a boost on the statistics, but he's lacking in the other category, which is a consistent and prolonged top okay. tier in their position. Right. <clears throat> Was he me, like I, a top four pose, quarterback in let me pose any a question year that you. he played? <laughs> yeah, let me pose a question to you. So if Stafford doesn't get in, if he doesn't deserve to be uh uh, Hall of Fame quarterback. He's won a Super Bowl. Yeah. Does Eli Manning get in? Doesn't Eli Manning get in? Has he won two? <laughs> he, so that's what I'm saying. So he's won two, but what else has he done? But because Nothing. Those, Just right, those two. Right. But because those two no, Super no, no. Bowls that he won, the way he got to win them, mm-hmm. the way he did it, are going to be so... Was Hall of Fame. The, yeah. Just the moments that he had were Hall of Fame moments. Yeah. Granted, David Tyree was the one that made the catch and held on to the ball, but yeah, there Stafford went to the playoffs three times before with the Lions and lost in the first round. Uh, lost in the first game every time. Right. Uh, does he get a little bit of a pass because they were the Lions and like he dread like it's obvious that he can take a. It's now obvious that Matthew Stafford could take, take a team to, to the, the Super Bowl and win, win a right. Super Bowl. So was he just limited by the, you know, constraints of Detroit Lions roster for the past 10 years? I think so, too. I mean, I think it was a couple, that's always going to be a big part of it. Like, who did he have around him? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, he had uh, Megatron, but, I mean, he never really had a top-tier running back to help him out, you know? Yeah. I mean, okay. and over there, and he didn't have one either in LA. But what they did have was a good system of running backs, which and again, really Detroit never had receivers. Yeah, I mean, he had. had Meg- How long did he have uh, Megatron for? A season before he retired. Was it a season? Wait, who was throwing the Megatron before? Exactly. <laughs> oh my goodness. No, I think it. I think it was Stafford. For a little bit, right? Okay. Yeah. There was uh I looked up there are 31 different quarterbacks that have won a Super Bowl. Like, so Matthew Stafford is in, you know, he's in the company of one of almost just 30 people that have been Super Bowl winning quarterbacks. <clears throat> then you have the guys that have won it multiple times or whatever, but he he definitely is in a a now uh very small class of uh, quarterbacks that have won Super Bowls for their franchises. And he's done it in the first season in LA. 
So that's good. But then the Rams also have the thing where they shipped a bunch of their future off for this year. So, yeah, they got it done this year and it's totally worth it. But how is it going to affect the future? Like uh, the draft picks that they don't have, are they going to be able to retain all the uh, costly, you know, free players, Rams players that are becoming free agents? Are they going to be able to resign them? Are they going to lose them? How are they going to replace them when they do lose them? Um, So definitely a bunch of things uh, coming up for the Rams, but they are Super Bowl champions. What do you think about uh, Super Bowl champions? going around calling themselves world champs so before i answer that side note uh stafford played with uh megatron seven out of megatron's nine years oh nice okay yeah so um i mean i don't mind because i don't think there's any other country in the world who could beat us at football right okay (laughs) right but when you say world champs it was like you it was like an international competition Right. And while while a roster spot isn't exclusive to Americans in the NFL, it's right. al- almost exclusively Americans. It is. It so is. or uh, yeah. So how do you call I, yourself? Is it kind of like baseball when like the Dodgers are world champions? That's different. Uh, though because, but, but because much more international game. Right. Baseball such. It's so big in Japan. It's big in Mexico. You know, uh, uh, it's big in Korea. They have their own leagues in so many other countries. Um, and football is getting there. Football is getting there. Plus, baseball also is an, an Olympic sport. So you can call yourself world champs. I mean, you know what I mean? But did, right, but did you play the other people to become the last remaining champion of the world? My thing is, I think it's because, uh, for baseball and basketball, I would say you could because you play in the two best leagues of the world. You know, Major League Baseball is the best league in the world in baseball. Okay. But they do have other major leagues in other countries. And same with basketball. You know, if we took if we took a bunch of our teams over to have them play in Euroball, I think we'd dominate, like, I think all our teams that we put over there. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you know, I mean, we'd have to – like really pick and put players on teams. But I think the teams that from the NBA going over to Euroball, I think they would take over Euroball. So we are the top level. So so other leagues, if they were good enough, could rise to the NBA or yes. the major leagues. And and they could then call themselves world champs. But I mean I'm pretty sure in their country when they win, like in Euroball, they do the same thing. World World Champs, you know what I mean? Like, so yeah, that's why it feels empty, right? So yeah. Unless we have like a, I, I, I get what you mean. Unless we have like a world tournament, which would be awesome, right? <laughs> okay, yeah, world tournament for uh, for all things. I mean, I guess that's the Olympics, right? But it's like true. So yeah, I mean, it's the Olympics. So football is getting pretty big. I mean, uh, yo, Australia, what's football and gonna be in an international sport? That'd be crazy. Football, Germany, I think, was probably one of the bigger uh, countries that started with football, and their leagues are pretty good. Japan has their own professional American football league. Um, nice. They have leagues in Australia now, like for like I think high school uh, age players. 
they have leagues all around now. So um, the sport is growing. Uh, as you can see, when we have these um, uh, games in other countries during the preseason, like London is now, uh, that's an exclusive uh, a game day for certain teams. Mexico, that's also another one. So those two countries always get a game now. Um, so it is growing. It is growing. Um, the uh, Before we talk about the Super Bowl halftime show, the Bengals lose to the Rams. They come up just short, 23-20. to 20, And uh, Joe Burrow not able to convert on that fourth and one. I really didn't like the third and one call. Um, but I well, thought you're going to talk about those. You're going to talk about those two calls. What about the pass interference? Was it a pass interference? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like you have to play with the fouls that are called, but right. Right. Um, yeah, they didn't get it on third and short, and then on fourth down, they don't block Aaron Donald, or they don't. Not at all. <laughs> Or they couldn't. <laughs> yeah, man, that was, I don't know how the, the exactly the offensive line started falling apart, but I assume it's because the Rams started like putting uh, Aaron Donald opposite of the rest of everybody on the D line, and just like. And it's so funny because you look at like D tackles from before, like Warren Sapp. I think would probably be the most comparable to Aaron Donald, I guess. Yeah. Uh, just size wise, height wise, but when that fool took his shirt off. During the uh, parade, Jesus Christ, ripped, right? Yeah, my man. And it's funny because so you think of D tackles and offensive guards, and you think big bodies, not cut up like that. I mean, no. they're probably solid, but yeah, you probably gonna have a little belly or nothing, you know. But they clog up the middle. They, you know, take on double teams and free the up. The first person I ever saw that <clears throat> rip like that before an Aaron, uh, Aaron Donald was Dockett. You remember Dockett? Who? Dockett. Mm-mm. He was a D tackle for look him up right now. He was a D tackle <laughs> for the Cardinals. Uh, where else did he go? But my man was ripped. Like his arm is like you looked at his arm and you're like, this guy's a bodybuilder, <laughs> not a football player. Darnell Dockett. Him and John Randall. Oh my gosh. John Randall might have been uh one of the most scariest D tackles of all time. He's probably the best tackle of all time, I think. That's saying a lot because Richard Dent is one of my favorite players of all time. If um, so, the Rams win; they're world champions. Unquote. Um, the Cincinnati Bengals. Where where do they go from here? Like, what's their situation? I think I just... think I think they're a little bit more solid at maybe not repeating but continuing to be bitter because they're younger and I don't think they have as many contracts um, to renew, you know, I think their next step is to shore up the offensive line because Joe Burrow is just, he's getting sacked so much, you know what I mean? So much. Yeah. Like, I mean, I mean, I think we were only nine games in to the season and he had already been sacked like 44 times. Bro, not good. Yeah. And he, and the sacks, Turned out to be the thing that undid them right at the end because exactly. they weren't well, they, they were winning for most of the game. Yeah, and then their line just collapsed. <clears throat> um, for years and years, we've said you know these are some really boring halftime shows, super pop, meant for old people, 
Except for Bruno Mars. Bruno Mars lit it up. Uh, oh, yeah. Shout out uh, Bruno Mars. Yeah, baby. Flip mode. Filipinos in the house. <laughs> um, the Super Bowl halftime show this year put on by Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Mary J. Blige, Eminem, Kendrick Lamar featuring 50 Cent. How'd you feel? How'd you like the uh, how'd you like the show? I liked it. And I also I enjoyed the memes because I mean I felt bad also watching 50 hang upside down. <laughs> like and not just because he's bigger, but he's older. Like, you know. Uh, but the show overall was amazing. I thought it was amazing. Um, my favorite part, of course, was the tribute to Tupac. I know a lot of people didn't get it at first, like him just sitting down at the piano. They were probably they probably thought he was gonna play um, what is the song? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just back. When he sat down and started playing uh, the intro to uh, mm-hmm. I Ain't Mad At You. Oh, man. That's that's one of my favorite Tupac songs. So. I'm pretty sure it's a lot of people's favorite Tupac song. But, um, but you can tell that he really, like, I don't even know if it was scripted. Like, I think maybe he just went and sat down and was like, you know what? Pac should be here, too, and played it. So, I mean... Definitely planned. Yeah. Think so? <laughs> think so? I'm just trying to make it dramatic for Dr. Dre. I got your back, Dre. I got your back, Dre. Andre? Uh, like, for me, though, like, I don't know, like, I love Mary J. Blige, but, like, she was a really good part of the show, but I was just thinking, like, hmm, I wonder how she fits into all of this, but I guess the genre, the, the, the timing, or the... Uh, timestamp of the music is why she was inserted into that. She and no, she's also the queen of... She has uh, no connection to Los Angeles? Well, neither... I mean, I can't say Eminem doesn't because, you know, oh, yeah, that's yeah. Dre's boy, and then 50 also is from New York, but, you know, you can find him in the club. <laughs> <laughs> Kendrick was there. How'd you feel about... Uh... I've seen articles about how uh, the people wanted him, he, they forced him to change the show. So I wanted, I actually want to see what he originally had planned. There were some things that they didn't find appropriate for him to be, I don't know if it was some clothing or just, I don't know what he was going to do, but uh, they said he had to change some of what he was planning to do oh, for the show. Oh, okay. I know he did not say, and we hate Popo. Oh, may, maybe that, maybe. That line did not make it, uh, Onto the Super Bowl field, and then I also, how do you feel about? I saw uh, the game came out and made a statement, and he said, pretty much, uh, "No one speaks for me; I speak for myself." I didn't say anything about me being left off the roster of the halftime show oh. because it was from LA. He goes, "Whoever saying that is lying." It was like I loved it; it was a great show. Uh, it was epic, the greatest show ever. So I mean. You think you oh, should have been part of you think you should have been the game? No, yeah. I, I did not think of the oh, game at all. Yeah. Um but yeah, I guess the game would be I mean there's a ton of like Southern California, LA. Cube could have been on, you know, that would I cube ahead of uh the game. Let's go. You know I, ninety-nine, baby. But had they put together the remaining the time, if NWA was up there, that would have been no. amazing. They would never. They Please welcome there. to the stage. 
from Los Angeles, yeah. California. That that would have been crazy. That would have been crazy. Uh, do they know who's gonna be next year's Super Bowl halftime show? Who would you like to see rocking sure. with the break hmm. at the Super Bowl? That's who would, tough. Who would be a killer? Like a interesting. What is? How do they choose? The 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 artist for the Super Bowl halftime show. Obviously, they had to have chosen these these guys because the Super Bowl was in L.A., you know, and just yeah. Okay, so they tried. How could yeah. you not? How, how did they not? pick? They picked Prince for when it was in Minnesota, or was that in Miami? No, that was know. in Miami. That it was raining, right? <clears throat> but, I mean, even that though, like, so Prince they just go for a popular. Man. They go for a popular, just like a popular artist that's going to draw people and. Like more Big views money. for I the think Super Bowl, so. so more views for commercials. So the Super yeah, Bowl I think so. More. I wonder if they, I wonder if people bid for it. That'd be crazy. Because you don't get paid to do the Super Bowl halftime show, right? You pay to do the Super Bowl halftime show. Like Dr. Dre so. paid six point five million dollars. Right, all of that stuff. His setup was cool. Or that's Again, the average. Yeah, so dope because they had. I mean, they had. Um, they had the Tam set up there. Uh, they had. Uh, they had the donut shop set up. That's so dope. That I'm, you know, I mean, that's like so iconic. Um, Dr. Dre paid for everything. That was crazy. Yeah, who? Yeah, who's who's gonna be up there next year? Man, I I just hope it's not a mumble rapper. Yeah, so you can <laughs> sing along. Man, who? Would, I mean, after this, it's gonna be pretty hard to follow. Like, I don't care who you are after this one. It's going to be pretty hard to follow. Because, I mean, yeah, it took a lot of older people back. But this music also, like, even the younger people, they know all the, they, they knew all the songs. Mm. That was the, the meme was everyone celebrating that they didn't choose a halftime show for old people. Right. <laughs> Not knowing that they're now the old people. Right. I didn't, I didn't see anybody who, like, disliked it. Right, I, I gave it a, I gave it a, an, an eight, because I eight. knew almost all the songs. I was already familiar, but like I think a problem with some of the other Super Bowl shows is, like when a Super Bowl halftime performing artist gets into their deep stuff. Oh right, know, go use the bathroom. Go right. go refill your snacks or something. It's not like, but this one it was man, well. It was like five, six different artists and some of their best music, some of their most familiar yeah. music. So yeah, I think that definitely helped a lot. Maybe they'll do more uh uh ensembles uh, moving forward. But yeah. we'll see what we'll see what Jay-Z has to say about it. Ooh, that that I mean, hey, if Jay-Z would do an East Coast one, depending on where the Super Bowl is, and you know, Jay-Z can come out there, <coughs> we can bring like a uh, Ja Rule. <laughs> Isn't Maybe Vegas supposed will. to get? Isn't Maybe Vegas supposed will. to get a um a Super Bowl soon? Oh, uh, not next year, but the year the two twenty three. Something like that. They but do. It, they it, do. It's, I, there are going to be so many. Oh wow, that's going to be that's going to be a real show because you know you have all the headliners that are already doing shows in Vegas. Oh yeah, yeah right. It's yeah, entertainment capital of the world with the biggest yeah. event in sports. It's gonna it's gonna be crazy. Um, that is going to be quite a project. 
uh, that is going to take a lot of time to build and is definitely going to be uh, worth the show when it's when it's performed or whenever it does happen, either next year or the year after. Um, as long as it's not the weekend. We don't oh. need that show. <laughs> Man, yeah, it's going to be like another pop artist that's draws eyes that aren't already you think of the marketing aspect the marketing side of it they want somebody that is going to draw in views of people that aren't already watching the game oh, man. and i think so, i think the thing that uh the stuff that um bruno mars and anderson Pac are doing right now i think oh, they would some sonic oh man that would be a show that hi everybody it's me, Anderson Park. Right. That fool's so dope. Hey, everybody. It's me, Bruno Mars. Yeah, so we dope. are self sided It'd be them and uh, what is the Korean? Uh, <laughs> what are they called? BTS? Is that what they call? Oh, damn. Can, oh, <laughs> oh, wow. Can you imagine if BTS did the Super Bowl? Right next to uh, uh, Bruno Mars. Oh, Hello? Are you good now? You were frozen for a little bit. Oh, where did we stop? So uh, Anderson we Park crash. and BTS side by side, dog. Man, B- Anderson Park is not. BTS would. That whole stage would get rushed, bro. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, Silk Sonic got to open for BTS and then clear out real quick. <laughs> right. <laughs> That'd be crazy. I'm going to make sure that I'm recording. It, it did say that you were recording your line. Yeah. Um, okay. Maybe it'll be two different files. Um, yeah, BTS would, would bring a, a bunch of uh, different eyes. Um, yeah, so I want to talk about... Um, your Lakers? No, nah, forget oh, the Lakers. We don't really oh, need to spend time on... Uh, problems we can't fix you know <laughs> let's talk about this podcast let's talk about how we're going to grow it or how we're Ooh, going to man like what the what the plan is for it i think uh just off top i want to be able to share our ideas and conversations and to talk to other interesting people and like educate ourselves on different perspectives like and and to also to kind of mark where we are uh it personally and professionally in our lives uh, as we continue recording these. Um, so like uh, Eri was talking about uh, having like a creative catch up where we are with our our projects and just really, um, you know, holding each other accountable and, and trying to advance things. Right. Uh, so whether it's like your cooking or photography or stories or his, uh, you know, stories or Levasa Island Apparel, sponsored by Levasa Island Apparel dot com. You got new stuff, so you got to check out the website, man. Go check it out. Hit them yeah. up on IG. Yeah, not just shirts or tank tops. There's no. uh, we got, got the pillows. bags. Ooh, yep, man, bags. let's get it. Let's get it. Let's get it. Levasa Island Apparel dot com. Uh, check them out. Tell them that uh, Polynesian Podcast sent you, and um. Yeah, just different, like different arms of Livasa. Like not only that, but um, you know him traveling uh, to different events, 
to do the shirts and stuff like that and just like kind of keeping track and encouraging each other and just you know soundboarding off each other and, and then figuring out how to advance and to to move these things uh forward to keep forward. moving them forward um yeah but for me i noticed that I, like i was telling you that me and luke were uh when he visited we were having a chocolate recorded up. talk right. yeah and i think halfway through i put on the recording or i started recording us in the backyard just talking about like sports and basketball and life as a transition further and further but uh, i do enjoy like for posterity just like recording people's thoughts i think it's like um super interesting also right to, to hear where they were or where we were um at those times and just uh working on our communication not only with guests but like with our information and what we're trying to talk about where we're trying to push and it's always that love and light and the you know that positivity and encouragement to people to follow their dreams and to, to and their passions and to be happy and to do good things um so yeah i think the more we gather our creative ideas and like talk with each other about them and and keep them going and then our professional or career points or decisions you know we can be like hey how am i feeling about this how's this looking what do you guys think like I, like just like a support group you know yeah and yeah but for for this pod i don't know like like monetizing it or getting it to a point i just, I just at first i think that's like the goal towards the back end once we build like a um a good informational and educational like i don't want to say product but it kind of is like once we have something that people want to listen to and know right. they can go for positive stuff or good or a different perspective on things than they're used to um i think that can be uh that that could turn into like a good business model so yeah just gotta keep doing that keep trying to not only look for positive content but produce positive content and right not only yeah just like uh trying to spread that but also to create more of that uh and then hopefully people can use that in positive ways uh for themselves <clears throat> maybe like uh, they can listen back to some of the shows with guests and you know use some of that information to uh you know route their own journey or maybe they can listen to us shooting it up about sports and you know that's just different passions that people have and we always love talking to people about their passions because you yo like even if you don't know somebody or don't talk to them or like actively avoid them. If you find something that they love, that they are passionate about, and you ask them about that, not only do they light up, but like you, you see a whole side of uh, of people that you know you weren't really looking for before, and it's a uh, it's a good side. 
and we need we need as much of that as we can get. Amen. I mean, everything you just said is the same direction uh, that I want this to move into. But for us, I think it's always going to be about it's just got to be that one right person to hear it. And then, you know what I mean? This is just on the business side of, of, of what we're doing for like mm-hmm. me, you, or E-Ride, and everybody that's going to be involved in it. If, if the right, all it takes is that one person to hear it, you know what I mean? And yeah. and show interest in it and it'll blow up. And I, I believe that we're on that track, you know? Um, oh, for thing, sure. Yeah. yeah. And another good thing about the show is, and uh, educational wise is, as we're moving along with the progress of what we're doing, it'll show everybody, like the, like you said, the younger kids or even people who are doing things like this and, and maybe get getting discouraged that, because uh, it looks easy at times for some people that who have made it. You know, you have content creators or like YouTubers and TikTokers and it's like one day they put out something, one video and that's it. And oh my gosh, all of a sudden, uh, they're big, they're, they're viral, and now they're making money off of it. Um, and for us, the way, the process of what we're going through, people can see it, that it's not all flowers and mm. perfume, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they'll, they'll understand, like, yes, we're all about positive uh, content, but at the same time, we're going to show you that there are struggles that you're going to go through. For sure. But the positive part of that is pushing through those struggles, learning from the struggles, getting to the point where you want to get to and then looking back and be like, damn, you know what? That's, that's a lot of hard work that we put into it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And if the kids nowadays, uh, which was our main point also was teaching young Polynesian children that there's a different way of doing things than what they've been taught all this time mm-hmm. is to show them that, I mean, even through struggles, like the struggles are, and, and the hard work is, is what makes it all worth it. Once you reach um, the point you're trying to get to, and doesn't mean you have to stop either there. Once you get to that point, you can keep working harder. And I, so I think uh, the things that we're doing now are really pushing that out. And I love that we're doing it because, you know, even, even if there's no one out there who's ever done it before, or if there's 5 million people who are doing the same thing as us, that doesn't make it, you know what I mean? That doesn't hurt it. You know, if there's 5 million and one people are doing it, that means it's 5 million and one people trying to push out positivity and teach people things. Right. And that's that's never a bad thing. Um, Creative-wise, yes. I mean, um, more minds, when it comes to a creative project, uh, you're going to have the one person whose project it is, and he's going to need help. A lot of people don't realize that you do need help. I know it's your project. We're not trying to take it away from you. We're trying to add to it for you. We're trying to help you push it along. Mm. So yeah, the meetings would be great. And to invite people who who could add to what we're doing, you know, you never know. You never know. Like when we had Jay on, you know, that that was amazing because she gave me uh, insight to things that I, I never would have thought of. And then just hearing the way she struggles too, because she's such a great photographer. You look at her stuff and the projects she's doing and in your head, you're thinking, damn, she's made it. You know I mean? She's not struggling anymore. But on the flip side, she, right? So she told us she still has to do jobs. You know what I mean? She has to go out there and then she has to go out there and work. She She's not sitting back and waiting for people to, hey, can you come shoot this for me? She's going out there and looking for jobs that she can shoot that are going to bring her money. Mm-hmm. And most of it is her passion. You know, of course, 
you want to get paid for your passion because that's you're putting your effort into everything your your sweat your hard work all that you learn and, and your passion you're putting into your work you want to get some kind of compensation for it and you want to make a living you know what i mean you got to pay bills. Bro, trying so, to make it <clears throat> trying trying to figure out how to switch out of like the employee mindset and right. into like the entrepreneurial mindset right and right. try to Use. It's, it's, it's tough though because you also have a family now you know what i mean so i mean that's pro that's why i'm i gotta, I gotta make that switch right and so and, and that's and that's another thing that people need to learn like just because you have this family doesn't mean you have to push this stuff back because it's gonna work out you know you're already you already put your hard work into it and just because you have your family now yeah you know you you, you got your hustle you, you got your regular job but it doesn't mean you put everything else that you were doing or trying to accomplish for you and your family. You don't put that on the back burner just because you know you have to provide for them. Mm-hmm. You just, you're going to have to put extra work in, yeah. you know, to do both. Because one day, the thing that you really want to do, you know, all your um, your personal endeavors, that's what's going to carry over. You won't have that regular job. You won't have the employee mentality, like you said. It'll flip straight over to the entrepreneur um mentality that you're that you want to get to but how do you get to something that is yeah is it that's the (laughs) that's the million dollar question like how do you get to that venn diagram connected section of you know passion uh creativity something that pays uh and something that you're able to do like I said earlier, we're going to have to find someone who's I mean, just as passionate about the things that we talk about. Mm. And they're passionate about it, you know, and they can push it for us. Because, I mean, that's, that's to get paid, we're going to have someone have to take an interest in what we're doing and see that it's worth paying us to do it, you know, and that it's going to grow. They have to believe the same way we believe. You have to find someone like that like find someone to pay us to do it or to back us so we can make this so we can grow yeah i don't want to find someone to pay us to do it no because then it's like you want someone to invest in us not pay us yeah yes yeah yeah that's gonna be interesting like i'm thinking back on anything i know about radio and it's just you know the content is the program but the money is the ads Right. Like finding businesses that want to pay you uh, to advertise. Yeah. Because the people, they want to reach the people that are listening. Yeah. And that's how the Super Bowl works. That's how, you know, the league TV deals work. That's how TV works. And that's why uh, these primetime shows, they're on at a certain time at night on a certain day. And that's why you get those certain uh, ads. Certain commercials. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Man, I'm so infatuated with the the ideas of marketing and the psychology behind it and like targeting human sociology and, and psychology to sell things to sell and things. how shameless <laughs> people will be to, to get you to buy their products or use their services. Can we talk about why there are advertisements for pills and medications in this country? Ask your doctor about 
buying my drugs like the pill commercials on like there's 20 different ones running every day but it's why are we marketing medicine instead of it just being what medicine works for you you should use because everybody because everybody also i mean you put like 10 people in a room and you tell them that you know if you take this you're going to get sick at least eight people are going to be like shit i'll take it you know like because it because they don't want to be sick you know and and, and they and they want it easy yeah. they want it easy uh and so i also saw an article where a lady asked a question it was like um don't you think it's ironic or scary actually that uh the western civilization is the only civilization that kind of um downplays uh natural medicine you know every other country is like mm. they they're, they're really into natural medicine like they don't they don't uh they don't discard the findings and, and the healing process that uh natural medicine has yeah the western the western uh, society is always about all these drugs instead of trying something the drugs they can natural. produce to make money off of right and that's what it comes down to. It's just a big money business. Bro, it's all about the Benjamin. It's all about money. It's all about money. And and that's why. So <clears throat> yeah, it's uh there are too many examples outside of the US of countries having like adequate health care and cheap right. drug prices. Uh, so that their people are healthy, and then in America, it's like, no, no, you gotta pay, you, you gotta pay so that people can make money off of each and everything. Like, if you could tax air, not tax, but if you could profit off of like air and water, they do water. We're already, we're already they doing do tax things water. like they, that. They profit off of water. People are selling, <laughs> yo, okay. And it's like, yeah, you should be able to make a business, right? Like if you provide a service or something that people want to pay for, then it's not, it, you're providing a business or a service. Are you providing the service though, or are you creating the service? You know what I mean? Right. Okay. So if you create, so that's the, is it, <laughs> so you created a position that offers some sort of convenience to people you can get paid off of that right, right. that's creating that's a what, business that's what that's what a lot of people pay for convenience convenience yeah it's like streaming services everything streaming now right because it's just too convenient to buy it and set it on auto pay every month and and not only now that, it's not, nine dollars every month you don't even right. know about and now it. you get to pick what you watch you don't have to sit okay. down and be like man i gotta watch this show before i get to my show no oh. now you can just watch the show you want to watch yeah convenience Right. Fast food. You just right. drive up to that shit. Convenience. You don't even have to drive anymore. Now you can Ooh. Ooh. you know, door dash it. Yeah. Convenience. You don't have to stand outside and wait for a taxi, wave them down. Now right. you call your ride. Convenience. I mean, yeah. What is what is the next uh need that people are gonna need convenience for? What do we how do we offer or how do we get to that before it on the ground start- floor? You start having surgery at home. People are going to come into your Ooh. home and give you surgery. Oh, door-to-door surgery? Door-to-door surgery. Or at-home surgery? Right. You know, That's or, yeah, I mean, 
once once people uh, or once companies are able to um, successfully do like bionics, oh, oh, oh. Okay. you know, uh, that'll be crazy because I mean, <laughs> the, the, the people who weren't star athletes now you can pay to be a star athlete. Oh, you man. didn't you, you didn't run a four one in high school, and now that you're like thirty five. You pay for bionics now. You can run a three-two. Be one of those, four, you know, one of those guys with the fast legs. Right. Oh you yeah, know? you just got a you just got a lung implant. He's over here running three miles, no problem. Right. So everybody over here Ooh. running a five k, like you know, dying. This fool's just you know, what I mean, just gradually passing everybody on the five k because he can breathe. He way paid for the he, he paid for the good lungs. Right. You couldn't block a shot before because you're like five-two. Now you're hanging from the top of the backboard what they're like part machine could be i mean they have they have the uh you see the movies where all it takes is like a microchip so you put the microchip in to uh somewhere like your um spinal cord and it'll transfer the information to your brain into the rest of your body that's not unrealistic that's so which is kind of scary that's super realistic that you can create a chip that'll power your brain to tell the rest of your muscles to move faster, to Ooh. move stronger. Ooh. That is science. That, that is technology. Is science and technology. You, th you think about it. Uh, computer chips in computers. You upgrade every time. Why? So the computer can move faster. So it can process faster. It can process more. It can do more. Uh, which is why every year you get a new, or every two years you get a new Xbox or a new PS4 because the processor moves. So now it can so do much more. faster now. Right. It's so much faster now. It can handle more. Uh, graphic cards, you know, you upgrade graphic cards because the power of the, of now instead of a boxy uh, Tom Brady in Madden, you have one that, I mean, just mirrors his movement almost yeah. all through microchips, all through chips. So if you can find a way to make a chip that'll infuse your spinal cord or your brain or, you know, maybe just your muscles. So that way it's telling your muscles, it's going to give the information to your muscles to move faster, to lift heavy. Nice. You know, yeah. That's crazy. And it, that, that's already happening? I think so. So, I mean, because they're working on... Demos. It, it, they're working on um i think a lot of this stuff is like paraplegics nice. that's the uh politically correct term um getting people uh medically <laughs> getting people to walk again or use limbs that they didn't have before you know because <coughs> uh, of dead nerves maybe or mm. severed nerves and nice. if you can get a chip to bridge that uh yeah. severed nerve you know, so now then you can reactivate their legs. Right. The chip is telling uh, the nerves that I'm the nerve that's missing is here or whatever. Can, whatever damage was done. Yeah, it's fixed now. It's been bridged. Right. Oh, that's awesome. Right. You can lift more your muscles. You can have all the muscles you want in the world. You can run. You know, what I mean, physically, you can be as physically fit as you want. But the strongest thing in your body is going to be your brain because your brain is the one telling the rest of your body to do what it does. So if you can tell your brain if you to overcome whatever I guess shortcomings you have physically, you win. Like, like it like again, if if you're like this five foot four uh basketball player 
but if your brain's gonna tell the rest of your body, like you can, that's literally what physical, uh, like all your training is going through. It's because your brain is telling your body that you did all this physical work to get to this point. Yeah, you can see it in your body, but your brain's believing it too. So um, if your brain's telling your body that you can jump higher than ever before because of all the training you did, obviously this 5'4 dude is gonna be hopping over people, dunking over people. So it's all a matter of believing it? I think so. And and so if you create these chips that just send these, like your brain's telling your body what to do pretty much. I know people are listening, they're going to listen to this, and be like, these fools are high as shit. <laughs> uh, all right. Bionics, it's happening. Um, yeah, no. How do we get to bionics? oh let's talk about your photography oh you were on a bridge today i was uh just number one tip if you're gonna be on a bridge like in the afternoon and it's already cold in the daytime please wear the proper attire (laughs) or else you'll be shivering uh, on a bridge for no reason But so that bridge, uh, was it the I-9, I-5? I-5, uh, interstate. Yeah, interstate. So, I mean, that's the bridge you cross over from Washington to uh, Oregon. Um, but the if you can get there when the sun sets, it's the perfect place to watch it because it sets right along on the right side of the bridge going into Oregon. Mm-hmm. It sets right there. That mountain range, you have the water and you have the bridges. It creates just I – mean, nice, I'll post nice. the pictures in a little bit. Um yeah, and I, I mean, I was, but we were living closer to the bridge. I was always uh, wanting to go and take pictures there. I just never, never really got to it. And then today I was passing by, uh, shout out to uh, our boy Noah and his uh, his other half, White Nona. I went to church with him today, my first time in church in a long time, actually. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'll talk about it later, but then it was, anyway, uh, I went to church with them and on my way back from church, I went to the gym and then I was passing over the bridge and I was like, you know, I looked up and the sun was out, the clouds were perfect. And I just knew today was going to be a really good day to shoot. So I went and parked down uh, in Vancouver and found the entrance to the bridge and was able to walk the bridge. It was really cold. I won't know I was cold. Oh, I had a windbreaker on. I said, have my shorts on. Yeah, shorts and some shorts. (laughs) So uh, it was cold, but it was worth it. It was worth it. Mm. Yeah, I mean, uh, like I was telling you earlier, that's been being able to see things like that. And I know I've said it on a podcast before, uh, but I always feel like privileged because sometimes I don't feel like I'm worthy enough to see things like that. And other people gonna be like, "Oh, just being dramatic." It might be dramatic, but that's how I feel sometimes. Sometimes it's like I'm I shouldn't be able to see things like that, but being able to like sunsets and sunrises are just amazing because right. the colors that are are mm-hmm. you're like, nah, no way that can be, you know, how how does it make those colors? And then just everything else that you get to see with it. Um the way it just it almost like sometimes it's it looks like it's setting the horizon on fire and then the rest of the sky, you get the blue parts that looks like it's coming down to maybe cool the horizon. 
and all of that meshes together and it's just it's an incredible scene so today was one of those days uh, it wasn't as fiery on the horizon but the, uh, the sun was out the colors were beautiful um, they were hitting the buildings just perfect too on the other side of the river so the shoe was good i met some people on the bridge some of them i probably shouldn't have met but <laughs> mm? <laughs> i mean uh, they're all going to Delta Park because they probably live in Delta Park. So <laughs> it's funny to talk to them. Uh, also, as I was finishing up shooting, this poor girl who looked also like she was like she was living in her car. Her car died out on the bridge at the worst part. Oh, no. Like, <clears throat> so she had stopped and all these cars were beeping. And, you know, she she was so scared. She got out of the car. She's oh, my car died. You no, know, she's crying. Um, another couple stopped. uh, uh Mexican couple stopped to help her and she she didn't know what she was doing out there and she was trying to give them jumper cables and I was telling them there's no way you, those cables are going to reach the front of their car and it's not like they can turn around and put their hood in the car yeah. so it was pretty tough and then it was on the incline like the incline part of the bridge oh you another, pushed that shit so she was asking me and this dude in the Mexican couple guys think you guys can push it <laughs> I was like I don't mind pushing it but it's going to be really difficult to get to like the point you want to get to she was like we'll just push it to where the decline is and i'll let it roll down and try to jump it i was like yeah that's not gonna work <laughs> and then so eventually uh and she didn't have any plates and i know she didn't we tried to call triple uh triple a and like I, i'm pretty sure she didn't have the money for triple a or whatever and she was just like oh they're not answering and she had all these excuses she definitely didn't want to call the cops but I think someone who was passing by because she was causing so much traffic already had called the cops and they came. And so they eventually came. And what they, they did was, along. yeah, they, so they just put their cruiser to the back of her car and literally pushed her up the incline. Oh, push him. Exit. Yep. <laughs> I was like, say, oh, we got you. Right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, man, I'm in. Like, I, I take the camera with me everywhere. I, I was at the. Mount Tabor, I'm gonna put those pictures up. I, Ooh, I went to nice. Mount Tabor yesterday. Yesterday, and they just I stopped and talked to people, and that's why I could photograph them. I met some really fun people. I met a dude named Daniel who was out there. He, um, and I'm this is not me, uh, uh, capping on him or anything like that, but he looked like, uh, you know, who Riff Raff is the rapper, yeah, okay. So, I mean, picture that. But, he didn't have the he didn't have all the braids, but he had like long hair. He had the hat on, he had this fit on, and I thought it was interesting. And he had this dude on his shirt, who was even more interesting on the shirt, just the way the dude looked. And so I asked him if I could photograph him because I liked the drip. Nice. And he was like, "Yeah, for sure." And so I was asking him questions about the shirt, and he told me it was his cousin who had just got shot. His name was Jojo, rest in peace, Jojo. Uh, and then he was saying how he was uh, in jail for a little bit, house arrest. Now he's out trying to teach his kids how to do right. Those are the kind of stories that I like. Like photography really is able to um, allow me to hear stories like that. Like how weird would it be if I was just in the park that day and just like kind of stood over and be like, hey man, like your shirt, like your drip. What's your life about? <laughs> you know what I mean? Ooh. So, <laughs> so photography allows um, the awkward factor, I guess, it erases the awkward factor of doing stuff like that. And I was able to get good shots. I talked to another uh, couple, uh, LGBTQ couple. They were walking their dogs. Um, 
I got to take photos of them and their dogs and I, I, all these people. I gave them my uh, uh, photography Instagram so I could give them the photos and they could see them and they were all cool. I had met nice. another couple there with their daughter. And so think that's especially always have to ask because they were having a really good time by this tree and I just didn't want to go up and shoot them like a, you know, a weirdo. So I asked them if I could shoot them and their daughter and they asked why. And I said, no, just photography. And, you know, I'll give you guys the photos for free. So and people are really cool like that. Um, nice. Build that up, bro. Nice. Yeah. Okay. So you got, what are you planning to do with the, with the photography? Man, uh, the be able the, to provide the, those uh the, memories the passion the passion in me is gonna say i just really want to you know i mean bring photography to people and show them what they look like on camera you know what i mean yeah for real Give them some, and then but the realist in me also is like i mean i want to make it a career if i can even if it's just like a part-time career yeah no definitely your your goal when you do something that you have passion for is always later your your your, your main goal when you're doing something that you're passionate about is to just do it so you, because you love doing it, you know, and you want to share it with people. But if you're doing it, if, if you're pretty good at it, I think I'm decent. You know what I mean? I think I'm decent. Uh, yeah, decent photographer. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, if, if I'm that, if I'm good, I mean, why not make some money off of it? Why not make it a living? Right. Why not have it pay my bills or some of my bills or, you know, build me a house? Holiday, yeah, man. Right. You're uh you have a skill and an eye <clears throat> and a talent um, for for capturing uh, people in some of their you know most special and most vulnerable moments and and capturing that um, onto photo or film or in in uh, in photos and that's something that people I think universally appreciate. Like like someone being able to show them a, one of the best sides of themselves, Amen. Uh, and you can do that. And uh, thank you. Yeah, thank that's you. a. But I was just talking to Eri about this. That's a. That's something that you've now taken years to build that ability to you know have that eye and to have that uh, you know that ability to provide those memories or to provide that side to people so yeah you could definitely make it um, yeah a business and you could definitely I'm not trying to be a millionaire with it you know what i mean but the, the biggest part is always going to be sharing. i'm trying not to struggle no more bro that too. <laughs> let's get out of here <laughs> that too that too you know uh bro. and it's still i mean one of my favorite shoots was you and Sammy, man, because you could see. That's what I'm saying. There's so much things in the photos. If you look at the photos, it's just, uh, man. I want, okay, let's do this. I want to, thank you. We went to Lincoln City, Oregon, We uh, over to the beach, and you came, you drove all the way out there for our maternity shoot. And we got Sammy in this nice, uh, flowy dress and yes. we were out and it was sunset and it was like the west side of the u.s into the pacific ocean and it was like light waves that water was cold, it was uh, cold. Res res respect to you the photographer doing what he had to do to get the shots <laughs> taking wave after wave man yeah um is that something that uh you you look into doing more of like uh, like photo shoots like that 
yeah, I mean, vacation uh, shoots. Stuff like that. I'm just now like kind of putting it out. Like um, I've done it like, you know, for people who couldn't get like an actual pro photographer because it was like last minute or because people were charging too much. They couldn't afford it, which is cool. You know what I mean? Because not everybody can afford and people when they charge, if they're charging you a certain amount of money, it's because they believe in their skills. So I can't really yeah. be like, oh, that's too expensive. You shouldn't have to pay that. I don't do that. Like if you can't pay it, I can shoot for you because you yeah. can't pay that person. Somebody else obviously can, but you're saying you can you can facilitate something for for less than uh yeah what those mean, other photographers are doing. Those guys that are putting in the work like that, I mean yeah, they have the right to charge like that because you know they they've been doing it for so long and they, they do a really good job at it. So I'm not one to tell you that man that's so expensive. Don't do it. <laughs> you know, just give me half of that money. I don't do that. Like you know what I mean I'm not on the side trying to steal people's uh, business, but there's some, like, even, especially for, like, younger couples, like, uh, say there's a couple who's, like, maybe 20, 21, 19, 22 years old, and obviously they won't be able to afford, you know, if they don't have jobs yet, mm-hmm. but also, they want to have nice photos of, of their first baby, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Like, why not? Uh, and I'm, I'm just, I'm thankful that you and Sammy asked me to do it, I mean, because you guys obviously can afford to have another photographer come out there, uh, more pro photographer come out there and take those photos. But um, being able to come and take it, I mean, so being able to do it. For we like were ready like, to just do them on our phones because we weren't going to have anybody there with right. us. Like nobody, like no photographer was going to be able to meet us there or, you know, all like you drove all the way out there, man. Oh, man. <clears throat> it was, one, it was a nice drive. Two, I got to stay out in Lincoln City and chill on the beach with you and Sammy for a little bit. That was dope, you know. And and I got a burrito from Super Oscars, uh, which is a must if you're ever down in uh, Lincoln City. Super Oscars, they got a breakfast burrito, which is amazing, uh, you know. And I, uh, this is probably a little bit too much information, but I have like a, a sentimental attachment to Lincoln City for a reason I won't say on on camera, but. Um, yeah, Lincoln City is, it's attached to something that I really care about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it was, it was, it was a good trip for all of us. I mean, it's not like I was just driving down there to be like, oh man, I'm just going to drive down there and not have a good time, but because I'm going to do <laughs> No, not at all. And then we got to go to the casino and watch people lose money. <laughs> watching me lose money watch ourselves lose money but it was a really good time and like the fact that i got to shoot for you and sammy is what really made it amazing so what are you what are you what are you doing when you're when you're doing those shoots like what is your your goal to talk with them find out what they want to see and then like what are some some things that you use to try to get the the, the good pictures Man, everybody's gonna have an idea of how a photo shoot, uh, their photo shoot, how they want it to go. So obviously you're gonna sit down and talk with them. And like I know you, you just want good photos. It's me and you are like, you know what I mean. But for Sammy, it's a different. Sammy's Sammy's the one carrying Norma Jean, and I know she wants these photos to be like these are the, her first photos together with Norma Jean. You know. So are you saying she's, Norma? Oh, oh yeah. Nora. Nora Jean, see. Nora. So, yeah, so these are their first photos together, even though she hasn't given birth to Nora yet. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
and you can tell, like, you know, she's she's the one putting in, not that you're not doing your work, but she's carried her for nine months. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Man, you know? I wish that there was some sort of, like, you know, pain transfer uh, apparatus where I right. could, like, take some of that. Right. Not all of it. We could share. <clears throat> I hear it's painful. There's no need. I mean, I'll take it. You know, that's my girl. And I don't want her to, like, want to her go to be through. uncomfortable yeah. or to right. be in pain um yeah no definitely the moms but there's so much you there's only so much you can do from the outside and right. like i'm trying to be supportive and like ask a lot without like yeah. being being buggy or without or irritation <laughs> yeah so like I'm trying to find that balance but um just like I'm not worried about me right now. Right. Like, I'm I'm fine. I'm working from home. I'm I'm able to be here. I just want to make sure that she's healthy and I know it's super uncomfortable. I mean, I she tells me it's super uncomfortable where she's at right now in the ninth month of pregnancy. So yeah, baths, um pillows, blankets, uh all, all that is what I'm trying to provide. But it's like, you know, I don't, I'm not going to be able to, like, help push the baby out. Right. I'm just going to be there to, like, for hand-holding support and whatever else I can do. See, like, like so you, I mean, uh, you have being able to have a photographer to come take her photos, that's big for her. I'm pretty sure. You know, yes. and, if you, and if you look at, like, she was having so much fun that day. You can tell oh, photos. She, she photos so she like yeah that was it was good like having you there and it was I didn't remember that you guys had never met before. I'm sorry. Fuck. But you also <laughs> like hey still... guys let's get into this and you're like hi I'm Forrest hi I'm Samantha and I'm like <laughs> oh hi I'm a piece of shit. <clears throat> and, or that just goes to uh, that. You know, what I mean, credit that to the relationship that me and you have. That it just and the kind of people that we are. You know who I am, and I know who you are. That you automatically knew that um, there wasn't going to be any awkward face between me and Sammy, even though we had admit. Like, yeah. And then you saw us all together. It was almost like me and Sammy had been friends just as long as me and you had been friends. You know, it was like automatically we're family. Sammy knew that. She felt it. I hope. <laughs> <laughs> no for sure no yeah she always does she's great in front of the camera and dude, she is she's awesome davis and gleason i have to send this um yeah you should do i'm sure people will pay you to show up and do those the level of professional photography that you did for us all the way out there um I hope hella people uh, see the work that you did. We're about to post uh, those pictures. Um, I hope people see some of that and the rest of the stuff that you're doing. And man, I think you could build like a whole uh, uh, following. You could uh, just through like going around and like, hey, can I take pictures? I'll send them to you. Yeah. Uh, 
if you do that for long enough, you'll then build up a catalog where people will see over time you've been doing this for so long and have yeah. worked yourself up to the situation. It's like perfect. Um, so with your stories, they're, they're coming along pretty good. I mean, um, being able to work at night uh, on the weekends is giving me a lot of freedom to like write in the daytime. And uh, there's just a lot of things been happening that it just, it's like E-Rod, the, the, the drive that E-Rod has, he, just one of the people that I love, like, you know, he, he's doing it. Like he knows he has to put in the work uh, and he's trying to grow his business. So he does it. I'm, I'm pretty sure there are days he gets up and doesn't want to do it because everybody's like that, but he puts in the work. And so watching E-Rye and other people that I have in my life do stuff like that just made me realize that if I'm going to do it, if I want to do it and I do, I'm just going to have to do it. Like, you can't just be like, mm. I got to find the time to write this. No, make the time to write it. Yeah. You know? So that's what I've been doing lately. And I love more, writing. I love more writing. intentional. Right. Right. And I love, I love, I love writing. And so a lot of the writing is like telling these stories that I've been a part of uh loosely uh <laughs> loosely related to a lot of the stuff that uh i've been through um and then just the experiences that i would have back home like unless you know you live back home man it's different and it's different for everybody everywhere you go someplace is going to be unique especially to the people that are from there and so from us that grew up in american Samoa, it's it's different the island's so small that if you're very not willing to have fun like to go out and look for things to do to have fun mm -hmm. you grow up really hating american samuel <laughs> you know what i mean i can see kids and then there's it used to bother me when i was younger uh growing up and hearing kids leave for school and then we talked like i was going to school in the states too college and then you meet up with them and they'd be like oh i can't or, or you come home for the summer and you guys are all hanging out and then one of them's like man i can't wait to go home like for you are home Hey. That was that was me, the younger person. I still feel like that a little bit, but that was me, the younger person, um, not understanding that I, not everybody has the same experience back home. You know what I mean? Or growing up where they grew up. And a lot of people want to leave and find their home. That has nothing wrong with that. I know that now. I mean, it's still, I still rather, I, I have so much love for home that uh, if you ever hear me talk about home, if you have the privilege of hearing me talk about home and the people that come from home, people that I've met back home, you'll realize how much I love American Samoa or Tutuila. I try not to call it American Samoa because Tutuila is the name I love, the name Tutuila. So, but yeah, and uh, so a lot of the stories I, I am, so there's two actually. Um, one of them are obviously, uh, if you guys don't know, uh, and it's not just me, uh, Lance is helping with me, uh, Noah's helping. I got some illustrators that are willing to help as well. Um, working on a children's book, you guys had to know. Um, so that's coming out hopefully soon. That's the story writing is, I'm a little bit more, uh, not cautious, I guess, about what I'm putting into that book, but I guess a little bit more careful because I want it to be something that, it's not just going to be something that people from American Samoa can relate to. It's going to be, you know what I mean? It's, it's the book that I want to go out there and everybody be like, what an amazing book. For children, for children. Um, and then I'm also writing a book of, uh, I guess, 
you're growing up in American Samoan, the things that you go through about three brothers, or yeah, we'll call them three brothers. And just, uh, man, a lot of the stories you'll hear in that story, or the situations are going to be something that I took from the experiences that me and um, two of my best friends and then all of our extended best friends went through in American Samoa. And I think it's going to be fun to read. So, yeah. I, I've already read some of the, uh, the, the beginnings of it. It feels like uh, a good um, orator, like a true Samoan storytelling experience because it's like it's first person, um, at least in this opening, and it's really the spoken word of Samoan storytelling. Right. So it's it's not just like um just like you looking through a story, it's you experiencing a story through a person. Amen. And through a person's telling of it. And a person's telling of it isn't always the whole story. And so it's gonna be interesting to get uh you know, the brothers uh uh look at things. Um who's your favorite uh character in Euphoria? Oh man, and I know people are gonna be like, "Shut the hell up!" But because <clears throat> I have almost like a uh, connection to him, it's Fez. Fez though is my dude. <laughs> <laughs> man. Okay. 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 If I can tell you stories, <laughs> Fez go for sure. Obviously, um, uh. uh What's her name? Jesus. The main character? Uh, why can't I remember her name in the show? And I just, anyway, Zendaya is her acting in that is amazing. And I saw an interview the other day of this little girl, like in the crowd, and she was so embarrassed. She was like, So, how was your transition? She's like, Why are you in this crowd? Don't how ask me that. How was your transition from, from Disney, Disney to that? Yeah. To this. But, yeah, but that is like, to go from that, like, which is, which is, I mean, I guess Lindsay Lohan probably tried to do it, but it didn't really work out for her. <laughs> but Zendaya, um, you know, we've all seen her in like, you know, those roles where she's a, like, uh, I guess, a, like sweet and, and innocent, or I guess, yeah. and then for her to do this role and do so good at it, it's like, man, what drugs are you really taking? <laughs> But Rue, Rue is, yeah, her playing Rue, there was no one else I think that could ever, oh my gosh. She's absolutely amazing in that. Um, and then you actually have your characters that you hate. And if, you, if you're watching the show and you hate uh, the character, not the person, but the character, and after the show, every time you see him in the movie, you're like, oh, I hate that guy. Talk about <laughs> like, you know, like, uh, uh, what's his name? The, the boyfriend. What's his name in the show? Nate Jacobs. <laughs> Nate Jacobs. Like, he does such a good job. You know what I mean? And then the, that last episode where he put a gun to Maddie's head, that was, that's crazy. That was a little triggering for me. But, uh, you know, oh, it's, shit, it's yeah. like, yeah. So, like, but he, he, man. And then to hear him with the Australian accent, anytime you watch, like, the, uh, at the end, they have all the, um, Behind the scenes, yeah, the behind the scenes of the episode. It's like, funny. yeah, me and me and Fez, we're great friends. Yeah, yeah, it's funny, man. 
but Fez, Fez is my dude, man. And that Fez is, man, if, if I could, like, if I had somebody ask me to channel somebody in a movie uh, of, like, my character and everything like that, it would be Fez. You know what I mean? Fez would be, like, if you knew me back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> like, Let's yeah, go. Man, you saw me running around the island back then, man. That's I had cool. no idea. And see, and that's no. that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. So, well I'm done, sir. Me, thank you. Good job. <laughs> um, man, yeah, that show is like crazy. It's uh, mm-hmm. it's different. It's filmed different, right? Like it is. The... I mean, I, 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 like a lot of things these days, there's gonna be a lot of shock and awe. You know what I mean? People are gonna want to push the boundaries of a show. Uh, I think a lot of it also like with the the sex in it and all the drugs. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one of the first shows ever, not ever, but one of the first shows was uh, Spartacus with the sex scenes in it. Like, I know that's the first thing. It was a really great show, but the first thing everybody started talking about Spartacus was like, yo, did you see the sex scene in Spartacus's episode? <laughs> you know what I mean? It was like, it was crazy. And I think from then people were just pushing boundaries and you had stuff like, um, what's it, Lord of the Rings? Um, Game of Thrones, which, I mean, how do you, 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 you don't even, they had the red wedding. That's crazy. Oh man, that, that's crazy. I remember that episode. Right, always pushing boundaries, pushing and pushing and pushing. And then now you have a show like Euphoria, like, and a lot of people I know are gonna have complaints about it. You know, people are already starting to probably uh, have petitions to take it down because it shows high school as this. Like it's so crazy. Like, like high school is not know, that crazy. Yeah, for some, I don't know. I don't know. For some, oh, okay, okay, okay. You know, so, and my thing is, that's what it is. They're not showing high school is crazy for every kid like that. If you think about it, they're just yeah. showing those kids it's crazy for them like that. But those kids, like everybody in their group, is crazy. Not crazy. Everybody in their group has something crazy going on. If you think about it, everybody you meet, no, no, not that crazy. <laughs> not that crazy. But. You know, hey, crazy likes crazy. You know what I mean? Like they say, misery loves company. Okay. So I think I think if there's kids with problems, they're always going to gravitate to each other, towards each other and things like that. And I know it's it's not that crazy where your dad slept with your classmate and you you fell in love with the girl that your dad slept with and found out his porn. No, I don't think there's many situations like that in high school. <laughs> but so, and that's the shock part of it. That's what gets people to watch. But I do believe, like, uh, the way Rue suffers from her addiction, I think that's a little bit more true to anything else in the show because there are kids who suffer with addiction. And I know that because I was friends with a lot of them going through, you know, in high school and in college. Like, I've seen people that addicted to drugs. Yeah. You know? And that's, that's a big truth about it. And I've known people who are as crazy as Nate Jacobs with girls, like, you know, hurting them like that. I've known guys like that. I've known girls like that to hurt guys like that. So stuff like that is, isn't far-fetched. Maybe the manner in which they're showing it, uh, you know? Um. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, it's for TV, right? So this is not yeah. like- You have to have something that- Normal stuff. With. Is yeah. it will it be normalized? Probably a little bit. 
Um, but it's like, yeah, really good TV. Anytime in, and so you talk about whenever you hate a character, that's good acting, right? Is it good acting or good writing? Like when I think you fucking can be, loathe someone, not just like, ew, he like is a piece of shit. No, but right, like no. you hate, you yeah, loathe. Like if, like if I see this fool's on site, on site green light. <laughs> yeah. But I think it's a combination of both, but you can have, cause you can have good writing. And if the uh, actor doesn't bring it to life, then it's just a shit. You know, a shit true performance. So I think it's a combination of both. Uh, yeah, we'll see what this episode. I guess tonight is another episode, right? Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. Good. We're checked up. What are we? Uh, when are you watching basketball? I try to. Um, uh, but if you talk to anybody, like if you talk to no, no one knows that. Uh, when if it's not playoffs, then I'm more interested in like college basketball. Yeah. And right now, uh, I'm hurting because I, I I can't like I can't just for the life of me see why my North Carolina Tar Heels are so inconsistent. <laughs> but uh, I am watching a little bit more this year of professional basketball because uh, the Bulls. I'm a Bulls fan, and the Bulls are are. The Bulls are doing really good this year. Why are the Bulls doing good? Um, because I think they they got the right players to buy into Billy Donovan's system. Um, they brought over DeRozan. Uh, they spent the money too, so they brought it over DeRozan, who fits perfectly in that. I mean, people were really calling him washed up. Like they were like, no, and they were saying that he's going to come over there and he's going to be a cancer to the Bulls. Like he's not worth the money that they're giving him because all he does is shoot. Uh, mid-range jumpers and they've never uh, projected two wins in any of the teams he went to and they're second in the east first for a little bit they're killing it he's having an mvp like season i'm not saying he's the mvp i'm saying the season he's having right now is uh close to an mvp like season for anybody but of course Embiid's having a amazing season again you still have Giannis killing it too so but for DeRozan DeRozan has um, I think he should be considered for MVP this year. Like, seriously. Uh, Zach Levine isn't the selfish superstar that people were also projecting him to be, like uh, some ball hawk. He's taking the mentality of whatever's going to get us to the win um, is what he cares about. So he still puts up big numbers, but he's also willing to play uh, um, the, the second in command. If DeRozan is hot, then, you know, he takes a step back. If Kobe White's hot and Kobe White's been off the bench, another big reason because he's stepping up this year. Um, he takes a you know a backseat to those guys. And I think Billy Donovan's system is really working with the guys that they brought on. Um, they haven't had uh, Caruso in the in the lineup because of uh Grayson Allen uh following him and I think he fractured his wrist. Ooh. Yeah, so it's at least six weeks. I think he's uh, doing workouts now. Um, so, yeah, they, they brought in the right guys uh, to run Billy Donovan's system, and they've all they've all just – the chemistry is amazing for them. Like uh, DeRozan said about – I know a lot of people are going to say this about their teammates that they come into, but DeRozan said that he's never played with anybody like Zach Levine, like competition-wise, like when they get on the court. They want to do better because he knows Zach Levine's going to do something amazing. So he wants to match Zach Levine's uh, night or be better than that. 
they push each other in a healthy competitive way so yeah they added tristan thompson i don't really like tristan thompson but they don't have a real big and i think tristan thompson is going to be he's going to provide that um i guess enforcer uh that enforcer for them down low because i think the only other big man that they had who was an actual big man was uh uh tony why can't i remember his name but we picked him up from Utah. Bradley. Uh, yeah, Tony Bradley. Man, he's a Tar Heel too, so. Because um, they played Javante, Javante Green at power forward sometimes. Who's actually like a 6'5 small forward, but they played him at power forward. But he does a really good job at power forward. And they haven't had, uh, what's his name? Derek Jones Jr., who also plays power forward, who's also small. He's been hurt. They haven't had him, but he's also a regular power forward for them. I know he's played power forward for Portland and Miami, but he's still like a 6'7". He weighs like a buck 80 maybe, <laughs> or he looks like that at least. So, yeah. Well, sorry. They also have Vucevic, who's their starter, though. But he's not the shot blocker that, you know, a lot of teams have at center. But he does hit threes and he does score. So, uh, Lakers and Bulls in the finals. I'd I'd love to see it. I mean, I've never been a Lakers fan, but I've never also been a Lakers hater, uh, despite what North thinks. <laughs> but uh, uh, that would be amazing. My thing is, I think the guys that they got to play together in LA don't match each other. They don't mesh well. Yeah, that's my thing. I don't think they complement each other. And that's, I think that's part of the reason that they're having a hard time finding these lineups for, you know, in, in uh, a consistent lineup. Like, it was cool when everybody was like, oh, you know, in the beginning of the season, they got Melo, they got Russ, you know what I mean, to add on with Braun. It would have been a really great AD. 2009 right. agency. Right, and I'm not saying that those guys are, like, uh, washed up either, but they're not who they used to be. For sure. You know? Um I also don't believe all this stuff about Russ. Russ is a great player. Uh, people put him to the bench. You know, put a shooter next to him. You want him to be a shooter, then you're lying to yourself. And they don't have a shooter next to him. You know, you want to play, uh, what's his name, THC? THC, Taylor Horton Tucker. Okay, yeah. He's not a shooter. He's a scorer. Right. He's a scorer. And I'm like, if I coach, I'm, I'm pretty much old school. I want, I want a big, I want a shooter, and I want the rest of the team to run. You know, I mean, my point guard is going to be, he's going to be a point guard. He's going to run my team. You know, and that's, I think, and Russell Westbrook can do everything but shoot. So if you have him, like, trying to do everything, which he does, that's probably his, that's, uh, we'll use the term now, everybody's using, uh, that's his red flag. He tries to do too much. And what he needs is, he needs some wings to take the pressure off of him shooting. He can score, he can get to the bucket, but like, what else can he do if no one else is? He can't kick it back out to nobody who's gonna make those shots. They got that white boy though. What's his name? Austin Reeves. What's his name? Austin Reeves. I think he's yep. pretty good. But like I said, if you wanted, like, people were complaining so much about Danny Green when he was there because he didn't hit certain, but when he was hitting, Danny Green was the perfect guy to have on the wing because he, he knocks down those threes. I kept track of his like three point attempts during the postseason. Danny Green's trash. 
not, not when you if you brought signed Danny Green to your team, you're like, oh yeah, sharpshooter, right? Like not, not at all. Like it was <laughs> like less than twenty <clears> percent. <throat> Anyways, and then I think did do you guys still have Wayne Ellington on the team? Who knows? Not so me. he's another good shooter. I mean, so guys like that, but. You can I mean, there's just, better I mean, shooters than Wayne Ellington. Wayne Ellington's actually a pretty good shooter, but you're right. There are tons of shooters. So, like, you you brought in Russ and you wanted him mm. to run your team, but LeBron, LeBron needs the ball in his hands. You know? Russ yeah. is a great player. but I So does Russ. Player. Right. So if so you wanted that, you can still – you can still like LeBron can run point from anywhere. He doesn't have to be at the top of the key. He can so does Russ point. need the ball? Can Russ just like give me a slant from the right wing and I'll throw it to you and you dunk it? Like that's automatic too, right? That's automatic too. Yeah. Or it a is. backside. He's on the but, backside, like after AD cuts through or something. I don't know. But Russ is so used to being the guy, you know, and having the ball in his hands all the time and being able to do whatever he wants on the team, you know, like well, he gets to the rim. He gets to the rim a lot. Like, there's no one else. Even now, he's still, like, I say he's still, like, top 20 in the league at getting to the rim. He can still – he moves, man. I feel like he knows, though, that he's not the guy. I hope so. He's well, yeah, if you're second, on the team – He's not the second team guy you go either. To, if, if, if you're on a team that has LeBron and AD on there, you're lying to yourself if you think you're the number one on the team. I mean, sure, have that confidence in yourself and in your shot that you're the guy on that team, even on that team, but know practically that you're not, you know what? The Lakers are going to make the play in. Uh, they're going to get knocked out, you know, maybe but, in the I mean, first, I, second round. That That's the big problem is like the way the guys don't mesh. But an, another problem that really hinders them is um, AD being healthy. He can't stay healthy. He can't stay healthy. And I don't know. I don't yeah, know if he, for real. I mean, lifting weights doesn't equate to you not getting hurt, but I mean, it helps to be stronger. And I don't know if he lifts or does the right, you know. You're saying it doesn't look like he lifts? It doesn't. It doesn't. <laughs> um, hopefully they get that all worked out. I'm going to go and uh, watch this Euphoria episode. You got any uh, shout outs? Oh, man. Uh, Shout out to uh, the people that allow me to work with them now. A lady named Sunny hired me at the Chill for Tortoise. If you guys are ever uh, close to PSU, uh, you guys want to come have a drink. I work at the Chill for Tortoise from 9 to 2.30 every Thursday to Friday. I'll probably be working there Sunday soon. Uh, yeah, uh, shout out to them. Shout out to... Uh, shout out to Noah for getting me to go to church today. Shout out to my dad. His uh, my dad. His seventy eighth birthday was on Friday. Nice. Happy Shout out birthday. to him. He's a little under the weather right now, so prayers to him. He gets a little feels better, but uh, he had a yeah seventy eight man. That's 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 crazy. I love my dad. You know, stuff man. It is more it life. Is more life. Amen. Amen. Yeah, man. Um. Shout out to Levasa Island Apparel for uh, sponsoring us and hooking us up with some of the gear, some of the hoodies, some of the OG stuff. That uh, Levasa Red Brick 
um, the South Pacific wave, uh, the Sasa um, shirts. Uh, yeah, check them out. Levasa Island Apparel. Uh, dot com. We're gonna have uh, brother Eri on with us. Uh, yes, you know, well, very soon. Yeah. And then I was also talking to uh, Jordan, uh, JT. Like he's going. Uh, he's a Twitch affiliate now for a uh, Lost Ark content creation. Uh, oh wow! Thing. So <clears throat> he, he said he's down to come in and talk with us and explain how everything's going. Um, but yeah, that's our show. Boris, appreciate you. Thanks for uh, coming down. Thanks for coming all the way out and uh, doing our maternity shoot. It was totally Love my pleasure. Appreciate you, man. Thank you. Totally my pleasure. That's big. Um, yeah, and uh, to everybody out there, appreciate you. Remember, keep up that positivity and keep pushing out that love and light. We'll see you next time. Peace. Peace. show as always sponsored by LivasaIslandApparel.com for gear that represents the South Pacific Island languages and cultures accurately and responsibly. Put on for the culture. Catch the wave at LivasaIslandApparel.com.